0: Happened in the 90s,
1: uh... Matt was the fat kid, Steve was the flat kid Life wasn't always great, but you know what was? The 90s Happened in the 90s, yeah! Wow, this is better than I thought
0: So, do you want to
1: other offers, you know.
0: Well, what can I do to keep you interested? That's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, n- tell me more about yourself. Well wow.
1: Live link. Call 489
0: but uh what was that was that? the patty duke that patty duke theme song man i, I was raised on that naked night
1: that sounded dope. what was the show that was for
0: the patty duke show yeah was it called the patty duke show the patty duke show yeah they, they did some um uh they were ahead of their time because it was like uh patty duke and then her cousin from far away and it was put, both played by Patty Duke, and they, they had, like, different personalities, and uh, that's what the show was basically about.
1: There you go. <laughs> the, that's your Nick at Night moment with Steve. When Patty adores me. But Patty
0: like Because, like, they they would, like, tone it down and make it jazzy for the the even-tempered Patty and then the, the the party the wild one but they're cousins identical cousins far away one pair of matching two can singing at night and day
1: wow so, yeah, yeah. Man, I, I mean you said you like nick at night i guess that's your bona fides right there i believe you yeah,
0: yeah especially Nick at Night in the birth stages, man. Oh, man. Make Room for Daddy. I Love Lucy. Mr. Ed. Okay. Flipper.
1: <clears throat> Flipper, I feel like, was like, they they had that on during the day, too, because I watched that with uh, Dennis the Menace. But... Dennis the Menace. Lassie? Yeah. Damn, dude. I'm just living those, like, depression or... <laughs> <laughs> hey man. This seems like back in my day. <laughs> the fuck in the 90s not the-, the fucking 60s, bro.
0: Back in my day, Patty Duke played two people. And they didn't have CGI or any of these fancy Adobe After Effects.
1: <laughs> they put peanut butter in that horse's mouth and slapped it around till it did what they told it to. <laughs>
0: They flash their nuts nuts in front of the horse, and that would get them all riled up. (laughs) Uh, But today, man, when we're recording this, it's the 30th anniversary of Adam's Family Values. And and my question to you, Matthew, um, depending on your knowledge of the OG TV show, between the two, the movie from the 90s and the TV show, put together your dream Adam's Family. Or or is it all going to be from the movie?
1: See, I feel like for me, it is going to all be in the movie because, and I, you know, maybe hot take here, Steve, you might disagree, but I feel like every character in, in the movie is a like perfected version of the show because the show is kind of kooky and the movie's like refined a little bit. It's not scary, but it's still goofy. But I mean, a Raul Julia next to Sean Astin's stepdad or whatever. I mean, come on, Steve.
0: John Aston, he's the OG Gomez, and he has a a very important spot in in terms of the lineage of Adam's family, man. He held it down. I I would have to take most of the family from the movie, um, with a couple exceptions. I'm keeping Raul Julia, keeping Christina Ricci. She stays. Uh, I will sub out Morticia Angelica Houston for the old school, because she was just sexy
1: damn though no. Angelica in the in those
0: sexy dude she she was but like the the old school Adams Family Morticia man you, you got to look at the at the back pages man uh, in the in the backlogs but the <laughs> I think the Pugsley from the old school because he looked dirtier and just he, he looked scary like he, okay. he knows where some dead bodies are and the the one from the movie, he looked too friendly. He he, he smiled too much and, and too chipper. Um, okay. Christopher Lloyd is Uncle Fester. That stays. Um,
1: Tall guy. I think. Oh, Tall guy. I'll I'll go to the, the Lurch. Yeah, Lurch. Give him to the nobody. Old. We'll, we'll take him.
0: Yeah, nobody beats that Lurch. Past, present, future.
1: Did they have the um? The hand it yeah was that in the show
0: oh no cousin it was the 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 hair yeah um this the sh- uh thing thing was in the show yeah was he okay yeah
1: <laughs> i mean the show was fun and like you said it was just like one of those things on i always like associate it and you know say what you will about it but like they used to show this show dark shadows on uh sci-fi channel and shit they showed like older like probably like english uh shows like that and it always had like that kind of vibe to it it was like goofy it looked weird um yeah. and i don't know i did like gomez in the in the show is fun he really is awesome but you just it's raul julia dude.
0: raul julia is that dude man all right um but um I, I also gotta say carol kane She plays the... Was it the grandma or the aunt
1: in the movie? I think it's a grandma. I can't remember what the...
0: It was a grandma. I gotta take her, too.
1: That batty old broad. I don't really remember. I mean, she was just kind of a background character in the movie, but... Yeah, they're both great. I mean, the movie or the show was so good that they had to make them. They made a movie about it. I think they even made more movies. I think Rob Zombie weirdly made a movie about Adam's family that I haven't seen. Or, but is it The Munsters? Or, I think it's The Munsters. That might have been The Munsters. You might be right about that. But uh yeah, man, I mean, The Adam's Family's it's a cool thing. I think now I'd rather they just leave it alone. It's tired, but... um I mean, it was one of the. It was a black and white comedy. I guess you'd call it a sitcom. It's just a weird ass like cast, and the show
0: you might be thinking of is the Wednesday uh, reboot. Like they did a they did a Netflix original.
1: But Adam's Family Values, Steve, so much fun. The camp shit, the the one dude, the Jewish dude that's collecting all the murder cards and stuff. It's all good john cusack joan cusack she's great
0: she tried to kill uncle fester shit he flipped the script on her ass fucking flashing that light bulb and it's my lady <laughs> bitch you know who my family is we built for this shit
1: <laughs> and they have that weird gomez the the baby with the gomez stash that's just kind of getting into wacky little adventures by himself <laughs> was his name pubert <laughs> i think so dude that's great i forgot oh, that man. that's amazing Well, if I had money, i
0: tell you what to do. I'd go downtown, buy a Ford truck or two. Crazy, buy a Ford truck. During Ford Truck Month, we've got all kinds of trucks and all kinds of deals. Here's one of the best Ford Ranger. Now, with a special truck month lease rate, only $199 a month for 24 months. All that, just $199 a month during Ford Truck Month. I'm going to buy me a Ford truck and cruise it up and down the road. See your California Ford dealer now during Truck Month. Woo! Well, hey, boys and girls, this is Steve G and Mad G with Happened in the 90s. A show where we talk about what happened in the 90s. So get out your Tevin Campbell posters and your Tone Lope tapes. Cause this is for the G's and this is for the hustlers. This is for the hustlers, now back to the G's. This is for the G's and this is for the hustlers. This is for the hustlers, now back to the G's. Freeze. At ease. Now let me drop some more of them keys. It's 999 Trey, so please don't fade a Snoop Dogg. It. All right.
1: Can I just ask you because it, it hit me hard, Steve? How do you feel about the news that Snoop Dogg is gonna stop smoking weed?
0: I don't know what to think anymore. I like we are we're in our last days, Matt.
1: Um, is, is Willie Nelson still smoking weed, Steve? Because I mean, still okay. So we still got him, but damn, Snoop. I wonder why. Just to, just a to change.
0: Hope, I hope it's not health reasons. I've seen his social media post, and he's kind of vague. He's just kind of giving these like uh, Maya Angelou two-line parts of of poem kind of deals, like you know, respect my privacy. Yeah, hell yeah. Like, I hope it's not health, man. Because sometimes you you need a
1: reset. But I just, I really, I'm with you. If I, I think he would be honest, though. He's like sort of out there. If he was like having health things, maybe he just doesn't want to. But. We all love Snoop. We just want the best for him. I just was caught off guard. I was like, this has to be some kind of like Onion article, you know, but no. That's
0: what I thought. It's, yeah, and it's not April. Like, um, I, I I do know he said that uh, he, he spoke to his family. So, I mean, you talk to your family about something like this, man. Uh, and maybe he, he didn't say edibles. Maybe that'll be the next move. I don't know. But like the man has been smoking since we were kids and before that.
1: Um, I mean, he hired a blunt roller, you know, he was on, I, I just watched it. Cause it was probably because of off this news, but there was like a clip of him with on some show with somebody else. And they were like, this guy has a guy following me around rolling blunts. And they were like, is this true? And he's like, yeah, man, if you're good at what you can do, like, I'm going to pay you to do it. And he's like, how much are you paying this person? He's like, it's like a $60,000 a year job, just to roll smooth blunts. I mean, this man's prolific. The most, I mean, also, the most he, popular I mean and also he's done it though remember. it's like if you get to the mountaintop sometimes you just gotta shift over and change it up like he's been living yeah. his whole life just in a cloud of weed smoke and I you know me too a little to a lesser extent but um yeah it was just shocking I just all, all the best to Snoop
0: yeah for sure Un- Uncle Snoop we wish you the best man um you can always come back if you can though mm-hmm. but uh Today, my friend, we're talking about all things November 23rd in the 90s. Hi-ya! Starting off in 1990, Family Matters is airing season two, episode 11, Requiem for an Urkel. When a school bully threatens to physically harm anyone who dares to take Laura out on a date, Steve takes a stand for the girl he loves.
1: Steve. From one Steve to another. And I, this one. Standing out. I guess we've got to preface this by saying, you know, we have a pretty negative opinion of a one Laura Winslow, and I don't know. I'm I'm interested in your take on if this redeems her in any way or not. But uh yeah, man, no. Steve Urkel, a gentleman, and apparently a fighter. Steve, he's a lover and a fighter.
0: He stands on business, and you know. I've seen this before. Yeah, I've seen every episode of the show. Um, there there are instances where, where she has a glimmer of decency in her. And this is one of those instances. Because overall, I, I think she's trash, like Zach Morris. But uh, we start this episode off with Harriet and Rachel. They're talking uh, about, you know, womanly stuff in Chicago or whatever. And then Mother Winslow comes out and she's got a date. She's got a hot date with Fletcher. And, you know, she wants... The girls want her to spill the tea like, tell us more about this Fletcher. Well, he's Kane's grandpa and minister society. And he was in an episode of Sanford and Son one time. And lo and behold, Fletcher pops up and uh, don't tell Carl.
1: He don't like it when I knock (laughs) boobs. She tells him not to even wait. She's like, don't wait up, girls. Granny gonna get some tonight. And Fletcher's, a—I mean, the man's a gentleman, Steve, just like Steve Urkel. This man comes in just, he even had, I mean, I wish I ever laid this pimp of a line down. It's kind of stereotypical, but a rose for a rose, as an old man, that's just, that's just pussy just gush, if that's even possible for Granny at this point, Steve.
0: Hey man, even if it don't work, her mouth still does. hey yo.
1: Oh,
0: it's still my bell. And uh, we cue that classic theme song, man. And Harriet, she wants to talk to Laura about this school dance that she just dropped on her lap. And she's like, oh, so who you going to take out? Well, I want to take out this guy named Greg. And he is like a Greek god. God. And and he's got a moped. She's like, well, tell Apollo to drop you out your ass off by 11.
1: Yeah, I mean, the fact she gets that dip late of a time, she's not into that. But then Urkel comes in, Steve. This is confusing because I've got Steve Urkel. I'm talking to a Steve, but Urkel comes in, Steve. And he's been waiting for a call from a one Laura Winslow because this isn't just any kind of dance, Steve. This is what's called a Sadie Hawkins, which the girls ask the guys out. So he's just been waiting. He's like, Laura, this is the only person I want to call from he shows up. He's like, where's it at? And she, I mean, she's like, oh, you thought I was going to ask you out, Steve? No, Greg, his hot ass. That's who I want. You can see Steve, like his heartbreak. It's like that episode of the Simpsons with Ralph. I was,
0: yeah, you, you in can slow see motion.
1: It, you know, just, oh, uh, and this is where just, I say, how dare you, Laura? You know what his, his deal is at least like hide it. Don't just be like, oh, your dreams. <laughs> you know, but we'll see Steve, we'll see.
0: The man had his cousin's horse trailer all set up and everything. And he tells her like, hey, you know, I hope you have a good time with Greg, but if it doesn't work out, if he turns you down,
1: I got that horse trailer ready. Little bit of that dick too, Laura, what's up? (laughs) Granny, you anything (laughs) like your grandma?
0: (laughs) She get it from her grandma.
1: what a sweetie though. He gets rejected and is like, listen, Laura, inevitably when this guy leaves your ass, I'll be waiting for you with a horse trailer. I don't even know what that means, but
0: <laughs> right next door. And uh back at the school, uh, we we see the the school bully, uh, Willie Fuffner, played by Lorenz Tate. Uh this is like a, a menace to society uh cross. Breed episode, because we got Kane's grandpa and we got O-Dog. Um, so, and we're introduced to Waldo, um, who's who has a name, and he has his first line on this show. Uh, Say his so name,
1: Steve, it's Waldo. Uh,
0: Waldo, Geraldo, Faldo. And they're going to Urkel's locker, and Waldo's like, what you gonna do, Willie? And that just will never not be funny to me. <laughs> the way he says it, just so naively. What you gonna do, Willie? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna trash Urkel's locker. Why are you gonna do that, Willie? Cause it's Tuesday.
1: God Again? Damn. <laughs> God damn, Willie! Willie! God, <laughs> what a weird name for a kid, though. <laughs> it's like an old Especially man. Especially if he's name. a bully. <laughs> yeah, Willie. Um, but then you know, Urkel's obviously two steps ahead of any bully. His locker's tamper-proof. He's got a fucking. Uh, Security locker on alarm. deck, yeah. He comes and shuts it down. And this is where I love Steve Urkel, and maybe it's not realistic. This nerd, this is getting bullied. He's like, Hey Willie, he just stands right up to the guy. Yeah, he, he doesn't pull cool, up, up on him. Yeah, he's like, Hey, I know you did this shit. I got a camera in there too.
0: And like if anybody saw this man do anything to my locker, please stand up now. And they don't want any smoke with Willie or Waldo. They're just like, oh, shit. I
1: so not go to class.
0: <laughs> and, you know, we also see Laura ask Greg out and he turns her down. And we find out the reason he turned her down is because that Willie, he put the note out to any and everyone who wants to take her out on the dance to hey man. Be prepared because you might be breathing out your ears.
1: So does Willie want to get with Laura or because he says he only wants Steve. Is it to fuck with Steve or I think he
0: likes Laura and she might have turned him down. So it's Uh, like, all right, well, if you're not going to go to the dance with me, I want you to have a miserable life. I want you to go to the dance with the school nerd so you can get laughed at, bitch.
1: (laughs) Turn me down, bitch. But Greg's intimidated, which I don't get because he's he looks like fucking, he's got about 50 pounds on Lorenz Tate, but he's intimidated. I guess fucking he got, well, we see later, Willie's got hands, or at least so we think. Uh, but he ain't letting Laura get these dates, Steve. And now Laura just feels, I mean, she got completely rejected, like she's done to Steve day after day for most of their lives. Um, so a little, uh little karma there, Steve. And Steve
0: is appalled. He pulls up on Willie again. Like, dude, I've heard of some of the lowest things in my life, but forcing Laura to go to the dance with me is just plain despicable.
1: (laughs) Willie can't believe it. But then what I couldn't believe, Steve, is that Steve not only takes it to Willie again face to face, but he goes into some kind of colonial duel scenario where he has gloves on, which I don't really understand, but he removes one and just straight Five fingers to the face, slaps Willie right to the kisser. With well, it's, why did he have the glove on? Now that I'm thinking of it,
0: he he had on mittens because it's November in Chicago, man. Okay, he's I'm like, sorry. Yeah, he takes one off, and slaps him with it. He's like, man, he just slapped me with a mitten. Be careful, he's got another one. That's what Wardo said, and yeah urkel you're dead meat and then some coach phys ed teacher guy john inline comes in like all right hold up hold, hold, hold. up uh, if y'all want to put them dukes together um let's sanction this match
1: well urkel, like jumps on willie's back too that's what i was gonna say he takes it uh, he goes physical even before willie does yeah so you know he's sick of being bullied but you're right this coach steps in and, and i love this hey guys no fighting here but you guys want to sanction a match i'm gonna i'll set up the time for you guys to go fuck each other up in a gym uh this weekend (laughs) whatever come on dude what the fuck what's going on in chicago steve
0: i mean it's that or the alternative of guns man over there in cabrini greens but yeah um, now (laughs) put the gun down son and urkel he'll be there with bells on was like he can wear bells but <laughs> carl man being the good neighbor that he is the ultimate tv dad he's willing to help steve train for this boxing match and he's telling him about the different punches uh there's the jab and as he's explaining it to him he catches one right in the kisser
1: um, urkel's got a jab down pad steve i mean he's definitely oh, yeah. he's, he's got that one down but uh you know i i do like the uh Carl's like, you know what? Maybe you should think about running instead of fighting, Steve, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And he does, I mean, he kind of sets the tone for the fight anyway. And is like, show him that Urkel shuffle. Cause I guess, you know, Urkel's got them. He's got them feet, Steve. He's got that rhythm.
0: Yeah. And back to mother, Estelle Winslow, uh, she returns home for her date and her and Fletcher, they're having a talk and a good
1: night kiss. Doing more than that. Yeah. Good night yeah. Good night makeouts,
0: Steve. Yeah, taste some of that bootissa on his lips. And Carl is there to witness all of that. Like, man, what the is going on right now? You you you're a mom. You you a grandma. What what you doing out here dating and, and talking to other men who aren't my daddy?
1: Touching on their penises and touching on their booty holes and whatnot, mama. <laughs> he cock blocks his mom, Steve. <laughs>
0: Carl was a hater but I get it though I never liked any of the guys my mom dated and you know with
1: Carl especially when they're that old I feel like that's even weirder where you're just like come on mom like are you done with this make some cookies knit some like (laughs) blankets you can't be jacking dicks off at this age you're gonna give yourself carpal tunnel lady (laughs) you got arthritis anyway (laughs) shit But Fletcher, he's like, I like Carl's also, he like gets real close to his mom. He's like, also, I'm a cop. (laughs) He just says it flat out. There's no fucking smoothing that one over. He's just like, look, I'll run your fucking name, bitch. (laughs) You got Hi hard, You seen that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Remember the Nakatomi Plaza (laughs) shit that went down? That was me, bitch.
0: Act up if you want to, Fletcher. (laughs) Who the fuck? Uh, baby
1: boomer name and is this where is my like after fletcher leaves carl's like moms aren't supposed to do that and his mom's like baby i want to just have some fun you know it's basically that like i need to enjoy my life which includes me and fletcher getting <laughs> doing a 69
0: mama yeah. gotta have a life too and besides that's how you were made motherfucker. so now we're at the fight and the Urkman, the Iron Man Urkel, he's got a, a, a makeshift fucking, I don't know, macho man robe that was made in a matter of a day uh, that Mother Winslow just put together. Like she's a magician with the, with the fucking, with the with the wolves and whatnot,
1: but. Crocheting that shit. She, uh,
0: yeah, oh,
1: I like fucker. also that, the, the, basically they've not only sanctioned a fight but the whole school's there. Like they've set this up. I feel like the gym teacher would be brought up in some kind of charge because you're like, you just set what are you betting on this? Accepting fucking money on this shit? They're side bets and shit? Yeah. And Fletcher's there, man. He's thinking like, he's he's
0: trying to prove like, hey, man, I like her. I'm gonna go to this random kid's uh sanctioned unsanctioned boxing match.
1: His yeah. buddy at the retirement even- home's like, Fletcher, where are you going, man? He's like, Ah oh, man. Hey lady I'm trying to dig down I gotta go watch some nerd fight some shit. I, whatever man she gave me roadhead last night you know what that feels like I haven't gotten roadhead since I was in a model T motherfucker especially with the T out, man don't talk to me unless you know what that man, man. trying to see what that be like <laughs> uh and in this time while everybody's waiting for this fight to go down also Laura's sitting there and the girl the guy that she wanted to go out with what's his name Greg. Greg, Greg's like, hey, uh, you okay, Laura? And Laura straight up is like, I'm kind of pissed off that uh, there's no like stand-up dudes here other than Steve Urkel. So yeah, at least she's admitting that much out loud.
0: Get away from me, pussy. That's basically what she said to him. Because he's trying <laughs> to like backdoor like, hey, I-, I still got a shot, right? You still want to get your whole ass out of here, man. So like the, the match starts and Urkel is with the shits. He runs right into Willie and his hands. And he's already down. But before the 10 count happens, he gets back up because he's got a spine, goddammit. And Carl, he suggests that, hey, man, uh, work your feet. And he goes into the Urkel shuffle.
1: And he's doing it, Steve. He's a pugilist at this point. I mean, all he needed was this, you know, and some fancy footwork, but inevitably he starts getting full of himself because it's working so well and then he starts like moonwalking and shit. and he basically moonwalks into like a right hook if i'm not mistaken
0: yeah man you know that that money mayweather defense mechanism man it was working until he got too cocky yeah man and, and he gets side swiped right to the face and he gets it back up though this is what i love about her he gets back up and he's like nah man i ain't no punk like Rick. so <laughs> He talks his shit and he gets knocked out again and he's on the ropes, hops back up, gets knocked out again on the ropes, gets back up and he just lays him out.
1: I mean, it's a straight up like adult ass whooping at that point because he's just getting up to get straight haymakered again. And I mean... we're just watching Urkel get this physically dismantled at that. I mean, Carl's like, don't get up, man. He's the opposite of that black dude in Rocky's corner. He's just telling him to just stop. But love, love conquers all Steve Urkel. He's not going to let this dude punk his ass out.
0: And now neither is the school. They I feel like they were inspired by Steve Urkel because now Greg has the balls from the stands, of course, and a safe distance. Hey, Willie, if you beat up Urkel, then you got to fight me. And one by one, the, the student congregation says, and then me too, and then me too, and me too. And so now Willie has to fight the whole school if he beats up Urkel. What you gonna do now, Willie?
1: Run. <laughs> run. I think I'm gonna run too, Willie. Me too. <clears throat> yeah, Waldo has like a Bubba Gump vibe right now. That's good. Which.
0: He, he, know, will, do, he, it? he evolved somewhat, somewhat Oh, as the seasons progress. But, yeah, th- these early stages of Wallow are effing hilarious, man.
1: Well, it's- and I mean, now he's gone, Steve. Now Willie's gone. And by default, Urkel wins this fucking match. He's 1-0. He's a 1-0 amateur boxer. I mean, it's not – he's – I don't know what the punch count is. That ain't going to look good, but uh, – he's done it Steven he's once again just punked out a bully in front of the school I don't know how this guy's not getting pussy rained on him because he did it he's doing this standing up to bullies constantly I love this
0: a bully that everyone was afraid of like but he does get Laura he doesn't get showered in pussy but he gets Laura for the end of this episode and then by the next episode she wants nothing to do with him
1: why well, do like yeah because greg walks up yet again shooting a third shot at this point basically and he's like look maybe now because i stood up and she's like no nah, i'm gonna be i'm gonna go to the dance with my champion and i do like that that's got to feel pretty yeah. good there
0: you go there's some grace for laura there that that shred of decency but yeah man i i love the urkel center well most of these seasons of family matters will be urkel centric as, as time progresses man but like the early seasons ah
1: uh, that season that like matter. two and three one through like three where he just he gained steam and got to like bart simpson level fame yeah dude. yeah i mean this is season two and we're at 11 episodes in and it's just crispy with that urkel i mean they know what they got now we haven't hit
0: the urkel dance quite yet but uh, somebody who probably didn't watch this episode of Family Matters Requiem for Urkel, you know, man, you know? Who, oh, Steve? Probably British novelist, poet and screenwriter Roald Dahl uh, passed away at the age of 74 of a rare cancer of blood, a uh, mighty low plastic syndrome in Oxford.
1: Oh, wow. It's all a blood cancer person. That stinks.
0: And I mean, a, a lot of movies spun off of his work, man, um, you know, james and the giant peach charlie and the chocolate factory matilda the witches fantastic mr fox the bfg the twits marvelous medicine uh, danny the champion of the world and uh, his works for older audiences were tales of the unexpected the wonderful story of henry sugar and six more
1: dude i i gotta say james and the giant peach also the movie that's a great I feel like almost groundbreaking movie because that animation style that they did with like I feel like it was a kind of claymation ish so good yeah. if James and the Giant Peach check it if you haven't seen that that's a like a I don't know if it's a unheard of movie but I don't hear a lot of people talking about it in terms of like animation it's really good and I believe that was a Tim Burton,
0: if I'm not mistaken.
1: I think so. It's kind of got like that Coraline vibe. It's not as like dark, but uh it's that first step. I think it is. I think it is Tim Burton, it's but it's fucking good. Pro-
0: produced by Tim Burton, uh Burton, uh directed by Henry Selleck.
1: Okay. Tim Burton. What's up, Tim Burton? Tim
0: Burton then uh November 23rd 1991 Evander Holyfield TKO's Burt Cooper in seven for the heavyweight boxing title and uh you know we just talked about him last week beating Iron Mike in 96 I believe and uh you know at this point obviously he still has hair Th- this is young viral.
1: <laughs> he's still rocking Evander. that fucking he got a little bit of hair on the head he's still fucking yeah. big as fuck too
0: still, like, I was about to say juiced, but boxers don't do that. At, at least this boxer didn't, man. That, that's all natural, man. Uh, the heavy hitter, man, from Georgia.
1: The real deal, Steve.
0: Real deal. And and one of my favorite, like, Sega Genesis games of all time. I feel like that was the first boxing game for me, I think, that uh, where you could create your own career. Like, you could start off as a generic player. If I'm not mistaken, you could, like, create your own name. I don't know. That might have been too next level but uh, I do remember you can like create your own career your own boxer and that that was uh, real deal Holyfield man uh, don't think
1: I've ever beat Holyfield no I only beat Mike Tyson's punch out like once in my life honestly man that's a bucket list item for me man but uh, somebody who probably it?
0: didn't watch never never sorry uh, you That's know, crazy. I, I. but that that's a bucket list item along with actually Evander Holyfield real deal that Real Deal Holyfield, that's another one, and um Paperboy, random as fuck. But I, I just, I want to beat that fucking game. Can you game. beat
1: that game?
0: It's possible.
1: Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, that's one where out of fr- <laughs> I killed controllers out of that game. That game is fucking frustrating, dude. It is, dude. That fucking little ass bell bites. Ugh! I know I got it in that fucking slot. I put it through the window, okay? That's how you get subscribers, okay? That's how you add. <laughs> I don't get it, but that's how you do it. So, what the fuck? Yeah,
0: that creates an interest, and then they get on the phone, and then the the telemarketer the will f- talk them- yeah, I like
1: the reality of that, where somebody like, comes into their house like, Yo, what the fuck? Is, is that a newspaper? Oh, wow. I need to subscribe. This is really good journalism. I'm going to subscribe to this. There's actually three in every... There's one in every window. He broke every window. This has to be a good newspaper. <laughs>
0: gotta be we're important Uh, but somebody who probably didn't watch Evander Holyfield get that TKO in 1991 is probably Freddie Mercury because at 45 he confirms he has AIDS and dies the next day damn yeah he held it to himself for a, a good while man because that's not easy news to to you know the world know about and especially when you're a celebrity of this caliber um making out those anthems and people following your band all across the world um in 1991 man like it still had a stigma to it
1: yeah i was going to say at that uh, time that wasn't like something you easy, just wanted to become come out public with anyway yeah that's why it was and crazy probably. when like magic johnson and shit did it too where it was just like Whoa, it was like a big news, but man, I didn't realize he said he had it. And then like literally just it was over with it was just that far gone. That's crazy.
0: One of the greatest and some people have an argument that he is the greatest front man of all time, man. You know, my, I have a bias with Zack de la Roca uh, with, uh, you know, I'm a new metal, uh 90s kid and I, I was a teenager when all of that was going on um, and that shit rocks to me. But Queen and freddie mercury they they rock as well nonetheless man um
1: yeah and as far as run men goes that's you can't it's really hard to be because i mean i didn't even know who queen was but like through like wayne's world and shit wayne's world i knew bohemian rhapsody front to back
0: and that movie reintroduced people to that like that song wasn't even popular until that movie that's crazy
1: yeah. uh, it is crazy what a It's wild, man. The guy's just gone, but still famous. I mean, they're making movies about him. They they just made a movie about them recently that was pretty good. So shout out to fucking Queen, dude. R.I.P., man. In uh, in
0: 1992, the first smartphone, the IBM Simon, is introduced at Comdex in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I didn't know anything about this. And it's crazy to think that something like this existed at this time. Um, man, I wonder how it, much that thing cost. It's similar to the Zach Morris man, but this shit—it had like a somewhat of a PDA capability. Um, the the battery would last only for an hour, uh, but you were able to send faxes, emails, and and make secular pages. This
1: uh, <clears throat> it was all with this kind of technology. I remember when I saw somebody with a car phone. I met somebody whose dad had one of those. And I was just like, this is incredible. This person is like a it must be a trillionaire. I like this looks crazy because it has like a touch screen on it, which 91 that's fucking crazy.
0: Now, this is 92, but still this is early 90s and like, yeah, we shit. My first phone I didn't get until like what, 2004, 2003. And it was a Nokia didn't have anything on the screen.
1: Yeah, My shit had It showed the numbers That you were dialing that's it (laughs) There was no text There was no other bullshit to it You could just Make a call And you had to pull A little antenna out of it I think To do it Yeah Look at IBM though It's crazy that they're not The ones leading Cell phone technology though They were like The first there But Fell off dude IBM You fucking Chuds
0: Pour out a little liquor but somebody who probably didn't get that uh, that IBM phone in 1992 is probably American singer, songwriter, and actress Miley Cyrus, because she was born on November 23rd, 92, born Destiny Hope Cyrus in Franklin, God, Tennessee.
1: That sounds pro- that just sounds like a strip. Destiny Hope Cyrus. Well, you know who her dad is, so like yeah. that's not a shocker. But I, I, you know, there's times where I'm like. I'm, this is pretty cool. Telling, sometimes I don't understand it. I'm old, uh, but she came out of a vagina on that day, Steve. So she did. Happy birthday, Miley. Yeah, How do you feel you about Miley? Her, huh? Do you think she's sexy, or well, like, what's your opinion of her?
0: When she does this kind of shit, uh, yeah, I like that.
1: I like uh, freaky white girl.
0: Hi. Hi, uh, she can get bused down in the back of a trailer for sure. <laughs> she ain't bad looking. Is she? Megan Fox, is she Pamela? No, but you know, I, you, you add the freak factor and that adds a, a, a couple points to, to the rating.
1: Well, she's still, she, she's definitely chief and Steve. She's definitely down to have smoke a bowl or two. Yeah,
0: living that LA life, I'm sure, man. In uh, 1993, various artists released the Beavis
1: and butt experience. <laughs> God. What was what was this? Because I'm thinking the movie soundtrack, but that was not this.
0: That was Beavis and Butthead do America. This was like a comedy album because they had actual artists uh, create song like original songs for this compilation. And they would have uh, interludes like the one with Anthrax. They basically started off with Beavis and Butthead meeting Anthrax outside of their their tour bus. And like the guys, Scott Ian and the rest of the guys from Anthrax, they're interacting with them and then they would go into the song. But uh, one of the releases was I Got You Babe. That was the actual like single off of this. And they remade the Cher and Sonny Bono song. And I remember the video for this. uh, It would be on MTV and the box and stuff like that, man. Um, But a song that I actually added to the playlist was Come to Butthead. Oh, come a little
1: closer. I would come closer to my love. I do remember that shit. Hey, baby,
0: I would like do stuff that sucks for your butt. I would like do homework for your butt. Come a little closer. Come to butthead It's worth a listen So I mean you remember some of it man Um, It's got it's moments Uh, It starts off with Nirvana I hate myself and want to die
1: My friend definitely had this Somebody had this Because this was like in rotation With me and a couple buddies I had the Jerky Boys and the Adam Sandlers Somebody else brought this to the table I love that though Just like a nice See the comedy album Let's get back to like a nice sketch comedy or whatever you call this let's get back to that
0: it seems like it's a thing of the past man um like even the the popular comedians of today like it's just netflix i got a netflix special
1: podcast netflix i mean make a podcast that is that you know like instead of doing like conversation do like sketches that'd be kind of fun maybe that exists i don't know maybe i'm not checking out the right podcast networks All right and if
0: they are existing, they're just not good enough. But also in 1990, Snoop Doggy Dog, Calvin Brotus releases Doggy Style, his debut album, and goddammit, fuck, Mary kill. <sighs> hey, last week we talked about Home Alone and I could not wait. I, I waited for months. It's like, is this the year? Is this the year? Yes, we get the day. I, I was chomping at the bits to talk about Home Alone. Same thing with this album, Matt. Is this
1: the year 93 92
0: yes Here
1: this was 93 this was 93. this was 93. I, re- I remember this because this was one of the bright spots of me moving to ohio somehow i got my hands on this and like the video and the videos that came out of this uh too like that's the first time i had mtv so this was like my first real exposure to like rap in general but man dude We talked about chronic 2001 recently but this yeah
0: this man this this this, if you have to pick four like must-haves of 90s hip-hop albums this would be on most people's mount rushmore man um this i like i said this introduced us to snoop as a solo artist and in terms of being the most sought after debut not just in hip-hop but in music, this is one of the most sought after debuts in the history of music, man. Whether it's hip hop or rock or metal, it didn't matter, man, because it, it was really The Chronic that, that introduced us to Snoop Dogg. And we fell in love with The Chronic, and we found out this guy, he signed a death row, and he's gonna have his own album. Oh my God, man. I, One of the first albums, I had to learn every lyric. I had to know all the words from the skits, if you're licking nuts, W
1: your balls.
0: has got to hear shit on W your balls. W your balls. your
1: balls. W B Z. Yeah, dude, I <clears throat> I don't know of somebody that had this solidified of like a persona immediately. Like it it changed, but like he came out and other than being nervous on camera, which Now seems insane. Like I remember the first, like when MTV went, like visited him or like did an interview with him in LA, and he couldn't even like look up and shit like that. But he just, you wanted to listen to it, you wanted to watch him. Like you just, he had this cool. He was just fucking cool. Like to everyone,
0: he didn't come. He didn't. He didn't come to the pub. Like the public came to him. Pause. Like like you said, he was that cool. Like man we want more of this calvin Rhodes guy oh he killed somebody or he he's going to trial for murder i hope not i hope it wasn't him i, I hope he stays out and makes more music yeah but man yeah. thank god
1: yeah dude and uh i mean how many i'm trying to go through the track list right now again but like it's all bangers
0: everything there's no skippers in this man and i'm sure is this what introduced you to nate dog or was it regulators
1: to be honest with, well, be, I think, no, I knew about him before Regulators because I'm thinking about when I heard Regulators for the first time and it was definitely after I moved to Ohio. So for sure, this was it. And I mean, gin and juice, that was his first like video, wasn't it?
0: No, my, my name is, or what's my name? What's okay. my name was his breakout. Snoop Doggy. Yeah. Dope it like
1: it was an astronomical yeah. rise. Everything after that I mean, just like other than he had some lulls and shit, but this guy's one of the most prolific entertainers of all time. Dude, I says I'm nineteen. She says, stop lying. I says I am. Go
0: ask your mother. And with your wrinkle, pussy, I can't be your lover. <laughs> and then, like, the, the, if the homies can't have none, that I don't even think that was made into a video or a single, but it's just that catchy and that popular of a song. When somebody starts off that first line from Nate Dogg, you already know what they're talking about. When I met you last night, baby. Before you opened up your gap. I had a respect for your lady, but now I take it all back. Oh, my goodness, man. I...
1: It's never and I style. mean, I don't think you're ever going to get something like this again. It's just too oversaturated. The market's too oversaturated like this. We were being fed specific rappers and stuff and specific artists. And this guy caught in a way that I mean, I don't really think other than maybe like a Kendrick Lamar, I guess that maybe that, but even like people from the West Coast, like that came after the fact, like a Nipsey Hustle that became super famous. I don't think yeah. it was like this. It took a long ass time for him to catch on. And I'm sure it took a long time for Snoop to like figure it out in his own way, but I mean, as soon as I knew about him, he was like my favorite rapper. And then all the people around him and stuff, like Warren G and Nate Dogg and stuff, he just fucking one of the coolest. Dudes and groups of people.
0: <laughs> yeah, bro. From like, and, and it introduced, like, you you brought up something else, man. It introduced us to the Dog Pound Click, Daz Dillinger, Corrupt, and Nate Dog. Um, and, and you know they, I think was it three one two whatever the area code for
1: two one three. Hell yeah.
0: Two one two one three. My bad. Two one three. That was like their group before Snoop linked up with Dre and all those guys, man. And um, it, like. All of those guys have a presence on this album, which I love about these, this era of death row. Um, Even if it's one artist album, man, you're going to get a fair representation because even Lady of Rage, man, she was on this album. And at this point, bro, everybody on that label was crushing it. Everybody.
1: Oh, man, dude, I need to get this. Like, this is art that I need. Like, I have all this, like, entertainment art, but this is one of the most, like, well-known album arts of all time too. Like this was it a is. poster on people's walls. I had this poster at one point. We all probably did. But it's isn't it crazy though? Like every aspect of this album, it's perfect. The art, the perfect, actual man. album, the dude. It there's no like there's no negative.
0: <laughs> like I none, man. Even is... the skits.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Like even this like the skits are hilarious man and like I, i'm gonna get this picture to you before you edit it but like i was such a big snoop dog fan uh this ha- this came out when we were in fifth grade so for our class picture i had a snoop dog t-shirt from the the local record <laughs> store and it's and it's just a picture it's a black shirt with snoop dog's face he's wearing a, a wool cap and it's just his face and like my buddy That who I'm still friends with to this day. He's like, man, me and my aunt thought for a second, Snoop Dogg was in the picture with us because I'm like in the second or third row from the back man. and it's just like me. And like, you see a picture of Snoop and he looks like he's in the row with us, man. I had that, that shirt. I had the doggy style hockey, hockey Jersey, um, that I wore for good luck. I wore the doggy style hockey Jersey for good luck. When I went into the spelling bee for old orchard uh, for for the school not for my class like I, I, I won the preliminaries and then I beat everyone in 6th grade and then for the, the the whole grade school of Old Orchard uh, I was like man you know what to make this happen I think Uncle Snoop need to be with me in, in spirit and I won that motherfucker
1: damn Steve with the power of Snoop at with ease power of Snoop hey, now, let me jump some more with them kids. <laughs> but at- yeah man that's hilarious dude uh now mr garrett please spell indubitably (laughs) you're just like i I wish i come on snoop come on man
0: i wish i remember the word that that helped me win man we could do a whole episode on this album but uh also in 1993 metallica drives live binge and purge and this is for the metallica purists because they're dropping all of their hits on this man of course live um you remember my buddy louis uh, who was in the band with me back in the day he yeah, was a huge yeah. metallica fan and he was the only person i knew personally who had this shit
1: yeah i knew some metallica fans too and i don't remember this one i like metallica but i was just never like buying the shit that much uh like what and reload and shit like that i think
0: i did too but it, for me, Metallica is like how Wu-Tang Clan is for hip-hop. Like, they didn't create metal, but they perfected the shit.
1: Yeah. James yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love it, man. But uh, in
0: 1993 also, Del the Funky Homing Sapien drops No Need for Alarm.
1: This is a guy who I didn't know about till college, and he's just like a very different kind of rapper. I always loved Del fun- the Funko. De- I'm just going to say Del because I'm too high to say his whole name. Yeah.
0: Same. But like a fun fact about Del, he's actually cousins with Ice Cube. And Ice Cube was uh, instrumental in his, his beginnings, man, as far as like, you know, helping him out with production and like kind of teaching him the lay of the land. And he he's an underground legend because I don't think he got his just due until the gorillas album came out and you know he had already been making albums before that but like the the gorillas project that brought him into the forefront to a a national spotlight
1: but if you dig deep cuz that's how I found out who he was and I think Jordan actually yes. like put me on to some of his albums and stuff when we were in college but uh his flow is just different. I mean, the beats are like kind of echo that, but it's just a different yeah. kind of rap. It's really cool. And, but I mean, his shit in the gorillas was dope as fuck. It was cool that he got in there. And I mean, that, that's still going on, I think. Yeah.
0: And uh, like you said, man, uh, a unique flow, a unique voice, like w- one of the calling cards of rappers, the best ones, they sound like no one else. Like you can't mistake Tupac for anyone else. You can't mistake Jay-Z for anyone else. And, and it's like, even though he doesn't have that notoriety, no one sounds like Dell. Y- your voice is your calling card, especially if you're a rapper. That that's your instrument. And uh, you know, when you when you hear Dell, you immediately know that's Dell.
1: Yeah, for sure. I have definitely ditto because there's nothing. And it's just like the things he chooses to rap about too, like whatever, it's just different. It's not like street rap or him talking about like dealing dope or some shit. It's like, I don't even remember like what I could like say in context, but it just is like, it's just all different. He's just a singular personality and something that's crazy to say now in rap. You'd think somebody would be like this, but I can't think of anybody even to this day.
0: Not in 93, it's either you were the commercial rapper or the gangster rapper. But um, in 1994, Junior premieres in theaters. (laughs) As part of a fertility research project, a male scientist agrees to carry a pregnancy in his own body, directed by Ivan Reitman, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito, Emma Thompson, Frank Langella, and Pamela Reed.
1: I'd have to watch this again, Steve. I only seen this movie once at summer camp, and it freaked me out.
0: You don't have to watch it, man. Take my word, it, it fucking blows. I will say this though. Arnold Schwarzenegger, my favorite action star of all time. I don't think any other person could pull this off. And I didn't like the movie, but it like because it's Arnold, it made it like Decent enough to make it through.
1: My nipples are sensitive right now. My I'm My kidding. body. <laughs> my body, my choice. I'm having cravings. Give me some peanut butter and pickle sandwiches. Danny, It's got Danny, see this is a winning combination though. That's the thing, like I get it. Like it worked for fucking twins. Why is it gonna work here in this weird fucking situation where they're gonna have a fucking guy be pregnant. It's very, it gets startling when he's like about to have the kid, Steve. It gets weird. And my thing is, did he have a butt baby?
0: I don't think they covered that or maybe i just wasn't paying enough attention because it's like he's not going to shoot him through his urethra urethra franklin oh my
1: god uh, oh it's shredding my urethra <laughs> <laughs> we'll call him urethra franklin but
0: i think yeah danny devito adding him to the mix that's a familiar collaboration um it's like all right i'll stick around for this shit. Um, I, I kind of wish I got my my two hours back, but hey.
1: <laughs> Is it, I mean, and it's got Ivan Reitman, another like person where it's like how you think like even with the weird premise it would work, but it's just something unsettling about it. Let's put it like that.
0: Well, there was this point where he's wearing the wig, and you know he's dressed in like a dress and shit.
1: I'm just worried like, about lactating at work. I need to breastfeed f- <laughs> this kid. It's uh, very weird.
0: Third trimester. But uh, also in 1994, a low down dirty shame premieres. An ex comp, now a private detective, takes on the search for the millions stolen by a drug lord. Directed by Keenan Ivory Wayans, starring Keenan Ivory Wayans, Charles S. Dutton, Jada Pinkett, Sally Richardson, and Andrew
1: Devoff. And I remember this movie's name, but I don't remember this movie. Like, completely, though. This, um, is one, this is like one of those, like, last Boy Scout joints where, is it in kind of on that same level? It's just like an action movie with some comedy in it? it's a little bit of
0: that add, add some Jada think like, it like it's kind of like uh th- throwing some scrappy do element to it because I think Keenan Ivory Wayans he's just kind of like pushing her off like don't get involved this isn't your mess this isn't and she's just kind of like oh I want to get involved too <laughs> I like I, I can I can crack down the the thieves and the and the murderers too like get, no stay in your lane and that, that's been a, a common theme for Jada in real life and in video and movie stay in your lane Jada but Despite it all, she gets involved, and they they bring down the the big drug-heavy... I will say, Sally Richardson is an unspoken 90s hottie.
1: Sally Richardson? Sally Richardson, man. I'm going to have to take a look here. I don't remember a... Okay, Sally. Angela in the movie. Sally Richardson-Whitfield is a 30-year industry veteran, Steven. She's a beautiful... She's a looker, so... Yeah, now I remember this. The guys... Keenan Ivory Wayne's name in this is Shane, correct? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I think I was actually conflating this with the um, Martin Lawrence movie uh, where he has a gun getting pointed at his dick on the cover. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, thin line between love and hate? That's... Yep, That. Completely different movie. I know, but for whatever yeah. reason, confusing the two. But you know, was yeah. this was it good? Um, for it,
0: for, for that time standards, I thought it was good. It was decent. Okay. It, it's not to me a, a rewatchable classic. Um, you know, Keenan Ivory Wayans, he's fresh off a of Living Color. I think they had just he had just left that. Um, so I, I think if you were a fan of Keenan and and any of his projects, man, you wanted to watch. And at the time, I will say
1: I had a crush for Jada Pinkett, like a lot of guys, um, because, mm-hmm. you know, she was a hottie. She was so sexy back in the day. And yeah. I bring it up, but she in Tales from the Crib Demon Knight, she's a main character. Beautiful as all hell. I think that's why that was one of my first black girl crushes. One of them.
0: She's you still know, not she, bad looking, but it's just the it's the interior. We know,
1: we know too much now, though, you know. We know too
0: much. Know too much yeah. Exactly. And... and Also in 94, The Pagemaster premieres. A cowardly boy who buries himself in accident statistics enters a library to escape a storm, only to be transformed into an animated illustration by the Pagemaster. He has to work through obstacles from classic books to return to real life, directed by Joe Johnston and Maurice Hunt, starring Macaulay Culkin, Christopher Lloyd, Whoopi Goldberg, Patrick Stewart, Leonard
1: Nimoy, Jim Cummings, Frank Welker, Ed Begley Jr., and Mel Harris great movie great kids movie macaulay still killing it and this is one of the few like movies back in the day great video game tie-in to great nintendo game never played it awesome super nintendo i think it was yeah i think it was it was like a side scroller game like remember like the ducktales it's like all those games like mario and shit um dude macaulay and we get the nice little animation into it too it's really fucking cool
0: and once again we're talking about macaulay like and as a macaulay fan i have never seen this movie i i think for this past week i just didn't have the time um but it's on the
1: list though man because i feel like i would be entertained i feel like christopher lloyd's in it too he is i think yeah And this movie to me i don't know if you remember this game but there was a game called dragon's lair that was like an arcade game where you just had to like it was like a movie that you just had to hit a button at the right time for something to happen it's like a way old school game but the animation in page master had like the uh it almost looked like that video game style it was kind of it was very cool and it's a fantastic i mean there's dragons there's all kinds of shit in it um it's really fun it was a Not one of my favorite movies as a kid, but it was one of those cool, like, kids animation movies that it wasn't like a Disney movie, you know, but it was still really fucking good. And uh,
0: also in 1994, Survivor Series 94 is aired through pay-per-view via WWF, and it's at the Freeman Coliseum in San Antonio, Texas. (laughs) You got Gorilla Monsoon and Vince on the commentary. Um, I actually... My grandmother ordered this pay-per-view and I had some of my buddies come through. This is uh, my first year in Toledo and I, I remember the match between Bret Hart and Bob Backlund. It was a no-disqualification uh, throw-in-the-towel match and Bob Backlund, he had Bret Hart in the cross-face chicken wing for like, it seemed like ages. And Owen Hart is there, British Bulldog is in Bret's corner and Owen Hart he like talks Helen and Stu to come out They're they're at ringside and he's like oh look at him look what they're doing to my brother come on come on come on so Helen she can't take she can't she's had enough of this she takes the towel and throws it in and that's how Bob Backlund became champion
1: Bobby Backs I know Bob Backlund yeah. really looks... freaked me out I didn't like Bob Backlund it's creepy old like, man, man Opie vibes. Cunningham yeah. did like fucking roids and really just took a left turn, you know? Or Howdy duty. Yeah, definitely, dude. I just saw a video of him where like, he got like, there was a match where he, I forget who it was, but he started whooping some dude's ass, I think. Like for real in a match, or he went stiff, <laughs> I guess.
0: That was his thing, I, yeah, man. Cause he would go crazy, this is before Ken Shamrock. And you know, he was known as like the good all American guy. And so, like, around this time, he would just snap on motherfuckers and just, like, throw that crossface chicken wing on somebody and just be like, ah!
1: <laughs> and he always but, uh, had, like, a fucking bow tie. I mean, he really did have, like, an Opie Cunningham. They like, made him look like fucking Howdy Doody. It was very... It's a weird fucking gimmick that he had. And something
0: else of note, uh, doink. And the Dinks, they, they they had a match against uh, the royal family, Jerry Lawler, and he had some uh, little people with him, I gotta say that, and uh, the names, it was like wheezy, queasy, and cheesy with Jerry Lawler against Doink, Dink, uh, Pink, Stink, I don't know. Um, but it, it's comical more than anything, man Because, like, they're, they're stepping over Jerry Lawler They're, like, doing all these, like, little people antics And Jerry Lawler's the perfect person to have involved with this, man Because he's
1: playing it up Like, you little dummy, what, what are you doing? <laughs> Dude, this was the, era. like, doink and dink Is there a better combination of, like, big and small in the WWE, mm-hmm. Steve?
0: Yeah, I mean, then I saw, we get. You Chuck, want to talk Chuck about Morris.
1: a fucking crazy backstory, like behind the scenes? I watched the dark side or some kind of thing about Doink. Jesus yeah. Christ, that's scary. <laughs>
0: the the real Doink, because at yeah. this point, I don't I don't think this is the real Doink that they had. The original, like Matt Born Doink, they've had about two or three guys play that role because Matt Born just wasn't going to work out. Man, he was a hot mess and yeah. uh th- this uh pay-per-view also had chuck norris he he was the the ring enforcer it, it was set in san antonio so of course we got to have walker to you know hold the fort down uh and in the main event it was yokozuna versus undertaker in the casket match undertaker he's got to get his get back man you know you, you and your homies jumped me in that in royal rumble this year put me in that casket and then, so this is the first time they're facing off and so just in case anyone comes in, Chuck Norris is here to lay down the law. Jeff Jarrett was one of those people to interfere and Chuck Norris gives him this mean roundhouse kick that sent his ass back to Tennessee.
1: Jeff Jarrett, dude. Don't piss me off, slap nut. I, can, I love I love what is Walker Texas Ranger gonna do to fucking Yokozuna, dude. He can't Nothing. Fucking, his belly, dude, he can't kick that.
0: Well, he's there to, like, keep the others out.
1: Oh, so he's, he's just, there to make sure nobody else... So he's there watching the fucking backstage entrance. He ain't even paying attention to Yokozuna, though. Okay.
0: Yeah, I'm making Is sure JT it's a fair fight. Is JT there?
1: What's his boy's name?
0: J- oh, no, not his, his homie? No, he's not there.
1: <laughs> Damn. Why not? Could add two, and two for the price of one, but... Man... You gotta get. You had to get that Chuck Norris tie in back in the day, Steve. Especially in Texas,
0: but uh, also in '94, American wrestler Art Barr passes away at the age of 28 in Springfield, Oregon. Uh, Barr was found dead lying with his child at his home in Springfield. Um, now, Art Bart's. Well, I almost said Bart Starr. Art Barr. He was a tag teammate of Eddie Guerrero, and he's responsible for the. Frog splash, like he called it something different. It was called the Jackknife splash and two court Scorpio. He's like, man, you look like a frog when you do that. Hence the name Frog splash, and that's why Eddie did it. He he did it to as a like a a call to. Like, hey, man, this is my guy. He did that. And they, they came from the same school and like bringing that Lucha Libre style of wrestling to America and popularized it. And and that's what inspired the, the Rey Mysterios, the Hooven uh the, the Ultimo Dragons and those kinds of guys. Man,
1: did he ever play anybody that we the public would know? Or was this just like an unsung wrestling dude like
0: regional? Um, guy? Well, he did go to WCW, but That stint was short-lived. He played a wrestler named Beetlejuice. Um, So he's more of an unsung guy.
1: Was the Beetlejuice like referencing the Beetlejuice that we all know and love or?
0: Somewhat, he had had some face paint, but it wasn't exact replica of that
1: Beetlejuice. Nice fucking model. (laughs) (laughs) But, all right, shameless.
0: 19. In 1996, November 23rd, Rebound, Legend of Earl the Go Manago premieres on HBO, and it's a drop dramatization of the life of Earl the Goat Manigot played by Don Cheeto with a lot of factual based occurrences a reformed junkie returns from prison to clean up his act and devote the rest of his life to the young kids of Harlem 1996 was the 25th anniversary of the first tournament named after him uh, directed by Eric LaSalle starring Don Cheeto, James Earl Jones Michael Beach Clarence Williams III and Forrest Whitaker um but yeah man th- this was a good movie um it- you it's a HBO YouTube. movie though Initially, yeah, it was uh, on HBO, but it's available on YouTube. And Kevin Garnett's in the movie, and he plays Wilt Chamberlain. And bro, he looks—he n- looks like Kevin Garnett. Like they didn't put any effort into like, for because for one, he's a darker skin complexion guy, and Will Chamberlain was not. And like, I think yeah, he also had a fro. Kevin Garnett never had a fro. Um, That—that's my just one bald right in the
1: movie. <laughs> no. Will chamberlain was never bald no but i'm saying in the movie you said kevin garnett <laughs> played him was he kevin garnett bald in the movie did they try to at like judge him up at all to make him look anything like I'll, the dude <laughs> no not at all because kevin garnett still had hair at this point he this is before he went
0: bald but like Damn, this is na- he
1: looked,
0: yeah he looked nothing like will chamberlain man but it was a good movie i mean it's got some stars and future stars uh don cheeto i mean james earl jones Clarence Williams III, but also in 1996, ECW is airing the Revere show. Uh, The Mass Transit Incident is what it's known as, and I'm only calling attention to the match with Devon Dudley and Mass Transit versus the Gangsters, New Jack and and Mustafa. Um, So this has been another infamous story in the wrestling pantheon, where a 17-year-old he got a, a fake wrestling uh, license. He shows it to Paul Heyman and um, the gangsters were supposed to fight DevVne and Axel Rodden. Axel Rodden couldn't make it because a family member had died. Um, so we, like, you know, they had to find a replacement. The 17 year old uh, named Eric Karras, I think his name is, he steps in and it gets really messy. He, he kind of pisses off some of the veteran wrestlers. Along the way, this is Eric behind me. Or no, yeah, he's getting, like, actually slaughtered by New Jack. New Jack is the one standing up. You can't see, man, but uh it was brutal, and he he made the mistake of telling New Jack what he wants to do. And I guess that that's a faux pas in wrestling. When you're a newbie, you do what the veterans tell you you're going to do. And so he's like, "Hey, man, my my father's in attendance, and I want to do this, that, and the third. And New Jack just like, "Uh, no." And so Divon, uh, he doesn't even know this guy. There's no chemistry or anything. And he's and also the, the mass transit guy tells New Jack, like, I've never bladed myself. Can you do it for me? Which is another faux pas, especially if it's New Jack. He's like, asking New yeah. Jack
1: to do that, boy? <laughs> hey, man. Yeah,
0: I can do that. Yeah, so he, that way, boy. <laughs> he beats the fuck out of mass transit. And it's one of those awkward moments where you know something is up because it let's say your tag teammate is getting beat up like this Devon doesn't he doesn't stick around in in the ring like oh my god he doesn't like try to protect him or nothing like the guy is just there they're waiting for the EMTs to come in and Devon's like um I'm going to just go back to the locker room now bye
1: good luck and <laughs> uh
0: this guy yeah man he was in no shape literally he was in no shape to be getting in front of the ring Think about how you were when you were 17. Like he I think he might've still been in high school and um, his dad was there and he ended up taking ECW to court. He tried to sue them um, and he tried to like do a civil thing and get money out of him. Uh, the guy, Eric Curris, he would eventually die in 2002 um, and New Jack. He, he got arrested for this event, but he had a good lawyer. According to him, he had a really good lawyer that poked holes through Eric's arguments, man. Like you, you were a willing participant.
1: Damn! What the fuck was he thinking? Did he know who New Jack was? He was a
0: fan, so he's familiar. Like, and you know, this was done in Boston. New Jack said that, like, man, when I came back, like, they, they—he was away from the game for a minute, but when he came back to Boston, people were cheering him because, for one, that's Boston, and that's ECW for it.
1: Beat that fucking pussy, you fucking! What a! What a crazy move for that guy. You think if he was going to do that that he had some kind of skill, but this is just some fat ass dude that just decided to wrestle with fucking I mean, pick anyone else. New Jack to me is one of like to me is a guy that beyond all these I know it happens in all wrestling. You do stiff moves, you do whatever. That guy it seems like I've heard a lot of stories where that guy was just legit beating the living shit out of people with no regard at all, which happened here. So, you know.
0: Oh, and he didn't give a fuck when this happened, because as the EMTs are attending to mass transit, he puts his foot on his chest and on the microphone, like, Hey, I don't, man, get this motherfucker. I don't give a fuck about this shit. Get him out of here. And they continue to beat him up and thinking that this is like a work. Like, no, nah, man, this is for real deal. Holyfield."
1: You need to have some respect for wrestling. I like that though. I like it. This, they taught him a lesson. That's a good lesson to learn. I mean, I'm sorry the, you said he's the guy that this happened to, he's dead, but that's not anything to do with this. I mean, he just died. He,
0: he died from a bypass surgery, man. Gastric Damn.
1: bypass. Yeah. That, I mean, he was a big boy, I guess, but fucking hey, dude, that's crazy. I mean, yeah. Get it together, dude. That's crazy. Well, you fuck around, you, you fucking poke the bear, Steve. He found out. Long one. Uh,
0: th- th- there was a dark side of the ring on that incident. I need man, to watch but,
1: that. That sounds great. Anything new jack related, the guy terrifies me. I even there's old I know rest in peace to the guy. I know he's dead now, but uh yeah. there was a podcast where like these comedians were fucking around with him and you know. He's, he's, he's cool. Like he'll make you laugh. But the one guy's like, yo man, like, uh, clothesline me. And he's like, you sure about that? And the guy's like, yeah, clothesline me, do it, do it. I, I can't believe this. And he does it, Steve. <laughs> he doesn't pull any fucking punch. And, uh, just, he just is a, he's a fucking real deal dude, Steve. He's a wrestler, but. <laughs> he's also a crazy motherfucker. Yeah. RIP, <laughs> man. And, uh, in
0: 1997, WCW is airing the World War III pay-per-view, uh, World War III 97, and um, this was when they have the three different rings, and it's like 60 guys in there at the same time. Um Too much. Yeah, I, I'm just calling attention to the, the Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero match. Like whenever those guys linked up, it's always going to be great chemistry. And they put on like a five star match. And this that's not the only time they've done that. They, they faced each other countless numbers of times, man, in ECW and WCW. And this is one of those instances um, during this match, the main event. They, Kevin Nash is expected to be there because this is the WCW versus NWO era that we're in, and he doesn't show up when everyone else comes out. All these guys come out one by one at the same time, unlike Royal Rumble. And towards the end of the match, Sting comes down from the rafters, and he's fucking around with Hogan and the rest of NWO, but it's really Kevin Nash.
1: How did Sting got really tall. Sting yeah. is huge. I This various thing, though, like, it was cool, I guess, for a little bit. But when he was yeah. just like, they'd cut, they're they like, he's up in the rafters. And it's, <laughs> he dropped down on a rope and shit. It was kind of corny. But I love me some Sting. I can't really talk shit. <laughs>
0: I, I stopped liking Sting when he be he went to the Red and Black NWO and he's like trying to be cool now and it's like, hey, what's up, yo? Round oh. hey, it, round it, hey, it, right
1: it, right, right guys? <laughs> yeah, it's... let me get that baseball bat real quick. It just was a weird. I, I like I'm a surfer Sting guy, Steve. I, that's who Same. I grew up with. So give me that guile haircut and the weird neon shit. I'm into that
0: with the rat tail but in 1999 third rock is airing season 5 episode 6 dick who's coming to dinner the solomons learn about racism dot dot dot
1: boy do they this is this show again this show is just comedic gold for us steve we've covered it a bunch of times now and this is another one i think you mentioned it in our surprising shows that we like now yeah this is and this episode is absolutely insane. I I'm like I can't believe that they even went through with this, but what They is, did it I, in a clever way though. Yeah, for, and I that's why I kind of think this is a genius show because no matter what the subject matter is, it's from the point of view of aliens. So like no matter what they're saying or doing, it's almost on that South Park level of they can say anything because they're yeah. aliens, you know? Like they they don't know any better and they don't They don't. See, they don't. Dick Dawn.
0: And at the beginning of the episode, Dick he wants to go to Cafe de both or Cafe de Beef. Uh, and it's the fifth time this week. He he loves that beef at Cafe de Beef. Uh, but Nina, she can't attend because she's going to the the BSU, the Black Student Union. Dick wants to attend, but Nina tells him, like, you're
1: not black. And he's just like, well, how black do I need to be? It's like <laughs> You don't understand, man. And also Dick, the reason he wants to go to this restaurant is not only just that they have a delicious steak, but he's got a two for one coupon. So I do love the fact that he's like, look, Nina, I got this two for one coupon. You go this, that, and the other. We get a free steak out of it. And she's like, you know, says whatever. And he's like, look, this coupon expires tonight. You're going to be black forever. But this coupon, this is gone after tonight. You got to do this. Oh, and then this just leads. Dick doesn't understand race at all, Steve. He doesn't get it. It's like, what? Black club? Why can't I go to the black club? Is there a white club? Possibly? He's new to all of this.
0: And, you know, he's like, what are they? And why don't I understand them?
1: He doesn't get it, Steve. He doesn't. But why should he? He's from Mermac or wherever the fuck. They don't got race there. They got weird blowholes and shit. I don't know. And the shack, man. <laughs> and then we cut to the credits, right? So I gotta say, if we can get right over this, this version of the song, I don't like this big band, standard fucking, like, star-spangled band or shit. I don't like that. Yeah. Um, but then we cut to the apartment again, where everybody lives, and French Stewart's character, I forget his name at the moment, but Harry? He, I found out about this poetry contest at the public library, so he's trying to get everybody on board because there is a poetry contest, Steve, and it's about how we can change the world, and how who better than some aliens to talk about that?
0: And yeah, they're on board because there'll be prizes. You might get a vacation. You you might get a new car.
1: It's the public library. The sky's the limit. I've never <laughs> been to a public library before, but uh. <sighs> uh yeah french stewart just looking like he has he smelled the worst fart of all time constantly um and as we uh we cut to that we cut to the restaurant that they always go to and he comes in and i do like that everybody when they see dick they're like oh my god he's dr solomon's coming look away like everybody that's every yeah everybody in this episode just says that but he comes in and i don't remember this girl's name but it's the one black girl that's in his uh his class and he's really trying to figure out this whole black thing steve
0: like you're going to the black student union okay uh what do y'all talk about can can you tell me anything about this he's like the lady's like you're not black and again he's trying to figure like how black do i need to be like you're not even black black you're you're like a mocha
1: (laughs) man it's like
0: I'll tell you what
1: happened on the Jeffersons. <laughs> but he chases that chick out of the restaurant, Steve, because he's going so ham. So Dick Solomon, whoever this man is, or whatever the alien situation is, you're jeopardizing your job because you might be getting about to get shot the way you're going at some of these people, you know?
0: Yeah. And she, she runs out. So he sees the gang there. He's like, hey, tonight we need to go to the black student union. We should go. Oh, like, I don't know how to get in there. You know what? Maybe we have, like, there's a, a white group we can attend. So we asked the bartender, Hey, are there any white support groups, white people support groups here? Oh, you mean like the white supremacist group? He's like, Yeah, yeah, like something like that. Yeah, he's I'm like, Great. Um, yeah. And he tells them where they're at. And he's like, By the way, you guys are just the biggest pieces of shit. Make me uh, oh, stick. yeah
1: because yeah, he fucks he's like they order and he's like you make me sick and Dick's like oh well if that's the case then I'll take some mozzarella sticks <laughs> the guy yeah because like, he thinks
0: he's talking about them overeating this.
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, so they go to this they go to a meeting Steve we see him at the meeting they always see is a burning the burning on their faces but they're all Dick's like this is kind of intense guys and what do they got against the lowercase t because they're really going pretty hard on that <laughs>
0: They really hate that letter. And, and I, I don't think Barry White would want to go here because that's what the one lady was saying, the the lady alien, I can't even, never remember her name. But she's Sally. like, yeah, no, Sally, right. yeah. yeah, Sally. Yeah, yeah, I think Barry White's gonna be there. And he's like, she's like, yeah, I don't think he would want to go there. And <laughs> so b- back at the, the student union, I guess this is, uh, he talks to Nina and she's like, he's like, did you go to the black student union? And she's like, yeah uh was there a guy on the mic shouting unattractively no Uh, do people dress up in robes no oh well i was at this rally last night in hendersonville
1: you went to a white power rally because of you Wait, what (laughs) so does nina ever find out he's an alien because she doesn't know but it's like does this not like make her just want to leave the job at this point like isn't this a lawsuit waiting to happen
0: well, she doesn't leave the job And to your first question, I don't know I know as about as much of this show as you do
1: Yeah, that's true Well, you know, Nina's called Dick's just trying to figure out what's going on here He can't go to a black club When he goes to a white club, he gets vilified um, We cut back to the apartment And the the Sally, French Stewart, and Handsome <laughs> I can't remember their fuck, Tommy uh, Tommy, yeah They're going over their, their plans for this... Um, for this poetry thing steve
0: and and tommy's girlfriend is there she's she's watching them as they're trying to flesh out this poem and it's after they go to the white power rally that they like our poem should be about racism because french Stewart harry he comes up with this this statement that like you know we should live in a world where everyone can like coexist and peace and harmony (gasps) oh my god those are profound words. Okay. That's her next poem. That's her poem. So um, now th- they're at the house and they're like, what rhymes with racism? Wait station, PlayStation. station. Uh, racism is as bad as claymation. Uh, you know what? Yeah, we, we don't have to rhyme in these poems. So I kind of like
1: that. that. Honestly, when it came out of when you said it, Steve, I like that. <laughs>
0: And so now Dick is in his class and he just gives one copy of the exam to a student. He's like, yeah, just pass it around. My assistant, Nina, she refuses to make any copies. Uh, So the other student from the BSU, she's like, well, did you accuse her of not being black enough?
1: Well, she's not black enough. (laughs) He just keeps putting his foot in his mouth. He turns it into like a racial dialogue too, where it's just like how like if somebody came in here they'd be like what the fuck is going on here there's about to be a mass fucking murder in this class but matt all he did was go to a white power
0: rally and they're like oh you went to a white power rally Well, so the other student she says like do you have any black friends well i have nina she works for you well i i, I have you i'm your student Well, uh, al roker he's on tv he's on tv well I, I, I gotta go
1: see <laughs> He just rushes out of the class. Um, yeah. So he's been, t- now he's sort of like learning something here. So we cut to his office and, uh, he's like, look, Nina, I fucked up. I'm so sorry. And she's like, oh, okay. Well, you kind of like, well, he must've learned his lesson. He's like, I, I have been just holding you back. I'm going to do what I I should have done a long time ago. You're a subservient job here. You got nowhere to go. So you're fired. What? (laughs) Spread your wings and fly, Nina. What? And he
0: he has a conversation with the crew about, like, why did we decide to be white? Like, oh, well, the channel that we had, the one signal... The show we were watching, it was filmed with white people. And you know, it had that nerdy guy with his pants hiked up and the suspenders, you know.
1: That was the one black dude they ever saw. Because that's the point they make. They kind of make like a subtle nod to Hollywood, where they're like, Well, we all the signals that we pulled from Earth, it was just white people. So we didn't even know. We didn't know there was this corner, this rainbow of colors, this skittle bag of colors we could have been. Nice. So dicks?
0: His plan is, I'm going to revitalize the urban education system and $1 billion black scholarship. And then we will hang out with that Sean Puffy Combs fellow extensively.
1: Kind of going to get straight. If you don't make it, don't come to 2023, Dick. But uh, I mean, he wants to do all this, Steve. But then fucking Tommy's like, yeah, but that's against our mission. We can't change anything. He's like, oh. Still, though, kind of want to hang out with Puffy maybe we can make that happen
0: take that take that you know, they're at the poetry contest and the, the first person is a little girl and she has a poem for her mom and apparently she didn't want to change the world i think that's what harry said or maybe Sally
1: i like they're talking shit to a bad poem bad fucking poem <laughs> okay poem sucks
0: <laughs> so they asked one of the librarians and about what's going on and she said like aren't y'all too old for this and they say like aren't you too sucking into ageism
1: you don't want to hear the message what are you afraid of what we're going to tell people we're going to tell people the truth and then it goes deaf poetry damn steve
0: if we could change the world racism is here Stop stop racism stop racism Never again should a Cherokee man board a commercial plane and be afraid of the cowboy pilot taking everyone out. And we will mix the whites with the colors. One world, one load.
1: Racism. <laughs> Racism. Uh, I don't think they won the contest though, Steve. In fact, they don't. Little Sally did with her bike poem or whatever the fuck it was, the bad poem. <laughs> um. It- so then we get, you know, Dick has now alienated everybody, anybody that's not his immediate family or whatever, you know, any black person in his world's gone. So what do you do, Steve? You follow Nina to a church, her church where her and this church, they're doing, you know, the black church thing. They're going at it. They're singing a hymn. It's beautiful. But that's all what we is- all
0: do in these situations.
1: And then I love, I love this This is how Dick Solomon gets back I guess gets the back in the good graces He hijacks the whole thing Plays an organ like a motherfucker And then starts doing his impersonation of a black him And I, you know, I don't know I feel like this might get your ass whooped But he, he nails it, they love it
0: Oh my god, he's like uh, He said, he chose a white body Nobody told him Tell me why I can't be good in spite of my color. Tell me I can be good, Nina. Tell me I'm your friend. Tell me you love me. Tell me I'm
1: your savior. And they're like... That was a little too far. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's where the pipe organ stops. The, 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 the record scratch stops there. But for a solid minute, I mean, he had the fucking choir in on the shit you can be good dick solomon some shit like that i mean they were going for it steve
0: hey this method worked for donald sterling so shit why not
1: (laughs) but i don't know i don't know where what happens after this nina just kind of slinks off out of the church she's like thank you so much y'all i gotta go (laughs) i don't know this motherfucker
0: now and then at the end we're we're on the roof that's the uh the way most of these episodes end and they come to the conclusion that hey nobody's superior everyone's just different and then i think it was tommy he says like sure (laughs) like we're not better than human beings (laughs) this is an american can i get cheese on that
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then they go back into the song, Steve. They do a four person fucking whatever quartet of just whatever that song was. Who's, what is it? I forget. I had the name of it. Maybe God is trying to tell you something, Maybe God is,
0: but they, they ended in a, a, an electrical way. I, I like this ending, they, you know?
1: I mean, oh, Tommy is given like a real soul. He's like, ah, ah, he's do, trying to Mariah Carey this shit. I got to respect that. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine,
0: let it shine. <laughs> But uh, also in 1999, Nas releases Nostradamus, and this isn't one of the most sought after of his discography, man, but it's got some album joints, and it also has a cameo from your boy, Ronald Isley. Mr. Big
1: man. Gotta a rest in peace, but uh nostradamus He's alive! Oh wait, is he? Wait, which Isley's brother him, died then?
0: It's it was his brother that I think he was either the bassist or the guitarist. Yeah. Okay,
1: my bad. I see well then I thought Ronald Isley was gone. I'd I'd given okay. up. Let's give I him still time. have time. I still have time to listen to Beneath the Sheets live in person, I guess. But uh this was like I don't I'm not a, the biggest Nas fan, Steve, but this one I mean this was like his biggest album I, like commercially I feel like right no. Uh, well,
0: th- this is the one with the genuine song. Show they say what show price just to back it up. You can hold my eyes now. You say it's more something. Yeah, hold oh, me back. With your, yeah.
1: But but that, nostradamus this was, that song is hot that that actual song like the name the title track that shit is fire okay. as fuck
0: that that is hot uh but illmatic i think that's the most successful yeah. one because he it follows that same pattern um you know where it's got the the landscape of a, a Queensboro and it's him a picture of him superimposed on it um but illmatic did the same thing but it's him with like when he was a kid um he did that at least like like three or four times i think he did that in stillmatic and uh i am maybe but yeah natural dominance man it, it's got some some tracks that i added to the playlist um but also in 99 metallica re- releases SM and god damn it fuck Miracle, this album bangs man like i do not give a fuck about opera or symphony usually when that shit is mentioned it's a snooze fest but when you throw in some metallica heah, heah! Man, you can't go wrong. Like, the fact that they had the audience chanting the lyrics mixed with it, it has that symphony vibe because it's uh I think it's the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra or something like that. And uh the only release I think that was new was uh, No Leaf Clover. And that shit will forever go hard. It's just a rain train coming here. Yeah. Then it comes to be in the silver line at the end of your tunnel. It's just a freight train coming your way. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's coming our
0: way. Yeah. Like we've talking about <laughs> having sex to a corn album. Like that's a song. That's a Metallica song to try to hump to.
1: That's that's like some American psycho sex, I feel like. Yeah. You're definitely flexing in the mirror during that sesh. But are you okay, Steve? You You need a banana or something? Don't touch me, bitch. what have they not done i mean damn metallica they they played in russia they played fucking with helicopters and rioting and shit they did this i mean these people i i was again i've said this all the times we talk about metallica i wasn't the metallica guy i had a friend who was the ultimate like he loved everything metallica so i've heard it all and i do remember this but they're just a fucking legendary band dude i love the idea of james Hetfield playing with an just is insane it's
0: dope and I feel like he customed his performance to this to cater to this man because like it's around this time he started doing that guttural but at the same time melodic yeah 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 it's like Tim Allenish, but at the same time Pavarotti-ish and these guys yeah they didn't create metal but Michael Jordan didn't create basketball damn it and that's where I'm at with Metallica I love me some James Hetfield man and Lars and Kirk Hammett and Jason Newsted. That's my favorite rendition of Metallica. And like, from beginning to end, if you if you like Metallica, you're gonna love this album, man. Like, they played all the hits.
1: Wonder how much a ticket to that show was. That's that's insane, dude. You get to hear every Metallica hit with an orchestra back. That's pretty fucking nuts.
0: And. uh Speaking of collections, on that same day in 99, Beastie Boys released The Sounds of Science. And I, I bought this compilation, man, because I'm a Beastie Boys fanatic and, dude, if you want to do a crash course in Beastie-dom, damn, that sounds like a porn genre. Yeah. Um, yeah if you want to do a, a crash course on Beastie Boys, let's just say that.
1: Even that that's how sounds Sounds kind of, of science.
0: <laughs> that, that didn't help either, did it? <laughs> Uh, yeah it's, sounds a science goddammit. it it's got all the tracks uh, from sabotage to root down shore shot uh, fight for your right uh but the the release that they had from this was alive
1: <laughs> <laughs> so so hell yeah i mean I didn't buy this i i kind of was like off and on with beastie boys but this is this is a good one to get those all those hits off of because then they did that to the five boroughs album like when we were in college after that yeah. yeah but i mean these guys are legends dude rest in peace to the ones that are dead um but mca hell yeah dude and uh they just had a it was like i don't know man i remember like those mtv like they had it's crazy like the uh sort of flip that they did in their person. they were like party guys, like bros. And then they sort of got political and shit. Like when they got older and so they just got older. I think that's just sort of a natural progression. But I always thought that was weird because I remember it's like, these are the fucking party dudes throwing pies in a fucking like, uh, uh, like that one video, they're just like acting lunatic, like the sabotage video too, just how wacky it was. And then it kind of changed a little bit, but I don't know where I was going with that.
0: That's natural, though. They they just became men, you know, like they were known for the, the slapstick and the partying albums in the 80s. And then they got to a point where it's like, man, I, I think MCA even had a, a line was like, man, I want to show love and respect to the ladies. And like, you know, like, hey, man, like that was our past. Um, we're still dope artists, man. And they, they evolved. These are some like hip hop. This is a hip hop act that evolved. And when we saw it in real time, they went from like solely rapping like that sophomore kind of content and to doing like some jazz kind of albums on some on some of their albums man uh paul's boutique is like critiqued like five stars man like one of their best works and like it, it was a, a deviation from their previous efforts man but uh yeah legends in the game hall of fame inductees rightfully so but uh any callbacks honorable mentions or takeaways
1: I'm just gonna keep pointing it out uh, because I keep doing it just so everyone knows to check it out if they're into it. Uh, we keep watching the Frasier reboot show and it's getting better every week, Steve. So I just keep encouraging people, go check it out. It's a 90s icon, Kelsey Grammer's a legend, getting a bunch of shine now. So they even brought him back in a Marvel movie as Beast, which I love to see. Um, but check out that Frasier reboot, Steve. And also, we watched Space Jam again, uh, just randomly. Just felt like it. And I, fuck the new shit. Erase that from the history books. Cause that old Space Jam, it's just unexpectedly just so fucking fun. Every it even has Bill Murray in it. You even get a Bill Murray like join in it. But uh, Net, uh, what's the fat guy's name? Knight. Wayne Knight. Wayne Knight. Love yeah. him in it and uh we get even Danny DeVito killing it in that too the whole shit these 90s movies we're talking about you go back you watch some of them that one it's still just so fucking fun it's it stands the test of time
0: i agree man um i is it it's on paramount right
1: yeah i think i think that's where we watched it on I, we have so many fucking goddamn apps now i don't know <laughs> might have been on max but I was just like expect, I I don't know, sometimes you go, I haven't watched it in a while, but it's still good. Don't worry. MJ killed it.
0: And uh, the only thing I got, man, uh, once again, SNL related in 1991. We had the Culkster hosting SNL with musical guest tin machine and, you know. It, Overall, it wasn't the greatest episode because he was a kid. And in his opening monologue, you can tell he was nervous because he was like zipping his zipper in this clip right here, man. He was zipping yeah. his zipper up and down It's like man. The kid is what I think ten at the time might have been nine or ten. And he was there to promote my girl um, Home Alone had released already. So he's already known like uh, it was dropped like that previous year. And um, it, I, I like the opening monologue or the the code open because they they do a callback to Home Alone where you know everyone ate his cheese pizzas cheese pizza's gone Farley he does the buzz line the only way you're going to get it back is if it's all barfed up and then he starts gagging and then he pushes them and then like you know Farley does one of his mankind falls through a table um that's great he's just like I just wish the I could do the the show by myself. And Lauren takes him aside. He's like, okay, be careful what you wish for, kid. And so Lauren, he's on the plane with Rob Schneider sitting next to him. He's like, man, I feel like I forgot something. Like, <laughs> so it's like, oh shit, Macaulay. And so Macaulay at the beginning of the, nice. of the, Yeah, at the beginning of the monologue, he comes out to an uh, empty crowd and like he's just going through the studio. He's putting on the cone head. He's playing with the instruments from the G.E. Smith and the Saturday Night Live band. He's playing Super Mario Brothers 3, which I appreciate. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's in the back and it's got like Mario Brothers on every screen. Um, It's just very 90 centric, man um but like that's the main thing that i i I like from about from this episode um and then they did a a mike myers simon skit which was pretty funny well you know my name is simon and i'm you don't remember that one well what did he do did he draw shit i made drawings yeah
1: yeah okay and like he
0: would be sitting yeah he's sitting in the tub and it's him and macaulay which you probably couldn't get away with now with these but like pedos out here and shit but uh yeah.
1: <laughs> <What if laughs> he's just be rambling. He's just in a bathtub with That's not cool, but anyway, yeah.
0: But in ninety-one it was like, yeah, we didn't bet an eye at it, man. But uh please like, share, subscribe, and comment. Tell your little sister that when I met her last night dang, before she opened up her gap, I had respect for the lady but now i take it all back because she gave me all to say didn't even lick my balls all right
1: check out food show fanatics (laughs) I'm
0: i'm trying to monitor and do better about about that whole like you know profanatory thing, but uh, yeah, like, share, subscribe, and comment, and uh, check out Food Show Fanatics as well as Crush Gasm on Wednesdays. This is Steve G and Maggie with Happen, Happen in, the 90s. in the 90s.
1: Baby.
0: We'll have a little bit of let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal.